I love carols, love a carol service. And carols are the sound of Christmas. They evoke nostalgia and emotion and expectation. And they tell the wonderful story. And they set the scene. And they frame our hearts. And they prepare us to prepare ourselves to meet with God. Now the word carol is actually an ancient term, comes from a Latin word, corolla. And that was a word for a song and a dance played on a flute. The word in ancient times conjured up a sense of festivity and of party. And it should do so for us today. Sometimes carol services can seem a little bit kind of somber, a little bit slow, a little bit dour. But actually, this should be a real party because of what we're celebrating. But I've got to say that some carols have a rather sort of unique or oblique take on the Christmas story. They don't necessarily help us get to grips with it. They need the odd tweak. Let me offer a few. What about, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. How about that one? I've got to be honest, I think it's a little bit flaky. And uh, the reason being that Bethlehem is 2,200 feet, 700 meters above sea level. And there's no water anywhere near it, no sea for a boat to approach. I was once actually flying to Israel uh, at Christmas time to give some talks out there. And uh, over the over the intercon, the captain actually said, is there a Dr. Melchior on the plane? Please could he report to the front. I don't know if he was winding us up or not, Melchior being one of the three wise men according to tradition. But I think that, that Karen needed a bit of a tweak. What about in the bleak midwinter? Snow on snow on snow. Except there wasn't any snow. It's never snowed in September. Jesus wasn't born in December, he was born in September, six months after John the Baptist, his cousin who was born in March. We know that. The shepherds still had their sheep out on the hills. Why? Because it was summertime. And in September in Israel, it's sweltering over 30 degrees every day and at night always. It never dips below 20. So Jesus was born not with snow on the ground, but sweat. It was steaming. And then there's once in David's royal city. You know that line, Christian children all must be mild, obedient, and good as he. That's a dreadful line. I don't think anyone's ever lived up to it. How can we be as good as him? One of the oldest and the best carols, 1,200-year-old carol with a 500-year-old tune, is O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom, set free, loose, captive Israel. And I love that, except I think they got the tense and the timing wrong, because he's already come. He's already come. And he didn't just come to ransom and set free Israel. He came to ransom 
to buy back, to buy out, to set free, to set loose all of us. In our reading from John's Gospel, John wrote this, he came to his own, but his own didn't receive him, but to everyone who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. He came. And so that's the first thing I want to underline for us this Christmas. The king has come. He's already come. We're not waiting. We're welcoming. You know, this is a season of Advent. The word Advent comes from two Latin words meaning to come to. He's the one who's already come to us. And why has he come? He came to us because he loved us. He came to us because he didn't want to spend forever and eternity in glory without us. He came because he wanted to bring the party to us. He came because we couldn't fit ourselves for him. We couldn't make ourselves like God in order to be with God. So God made himself like us in order to be with us. And he took the initiative, the first move, and he did it in love. And he didn't come to tell us off. He didn't come as it were simply to sort us out. He didn't come to start a new religion. He didn't come to impose an ethical framework. He came to love us and to welcome us into his family. Like many, I look forward each year to the Christmas adverts and almost always the best advert is from John Lewis, a kind of very middle class, not really for me, but the adverts can often be fantastic. And, uh, but this year, I've got to be honest, I don't know about you, I was a little bit disappointed. It was called The Unexpected Guest. The Unexpected Guest. And I don't know if you remember, there was this young lad and he's in, in a train and he just sees a spaceship come down and land and he goes out and has a look and he finds where the spaceship has landed and there's this young sort of female alien called Sky, and they hit it off and then on Christmas Day he's tucking into his meal and he sneaks a bit of it into his pocket and out he goes and feeds the alien and then the music that is playing is we will always be together forever in electric dreams at which point the spaceship leaves. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's like, is that it? I was like, really? I read something that the advert producer, very gifted man, no doubt, said. He said this, if we can make every person who watches this have a little smile, shed a little tear, or feel something, then everyone's going to have a 1% better Christmas. I thought, they, had, they didn't set the bar very high, did they? <laughs> a little tear, feel a little better, and 1% better Christmas. I want a lot better Christmas this year. And you know, we got a better song to sing than that. Even that's a good pop song. But we got a better song to sing. We got a better party to have. We got a exper better experience to have. We got a better feeling to know. And that is that God in Jesus has come to rescue us. And we can know him right now. Jesus was not an unexpected guest. He was the long-prepared-for, long-expected saviour. 
And he didn't come to play for a day. He came to stay with us forever in eternity. And how did he come? Came personally, came as a person. Jesus is not a ghost, he's not an avatar, he's not an alien, he's not an angel, he is one of us. Just like one of us, except the eternal son of God. He became fully one of us. He knows of what we are made. And he came miraculously. It would have had to be a miracle if God came. He can't meet us on our terms. And so God is contracted to a human zygote and placed inside, co-joined with human flesh and blood and DNA inside the virgin's womb. What an extraordinary thing. But if God was coming, you'd expect it to be so. And he came historically two millennia ago. And the ancient Roman authorities, the ancient Jewish authorities testify to his coming and his birth in Bethlehem. And so important is it that our very existence is dated in time and space today from the point at which he came, 2021 AD, after the Lord turned up. And he came humbly. What a beautiful thing. God, the Lord of the universe, he doesn't come and swan around. He comes and is born of a humble family, an artisan family, and he's born in a stable and laid in an animal feeding trough. This is a God who comes to be with us and like us, comes right to the bottom so that everyone from the bottom to the top can feel welcome. How does he come? Our reading said he came full of grace. What, what does that even mean? Sounds a bit religious, but grace literally means gift. And he comes as God's gift, but he comes laden with gifts. Oh, Father Christmas just got one sack and a few on, on his sled, but the Lord comes with a gift for all people throughout time. And he comes with the greatest gift. My son Nathaniel, he's 21 now, but when he was six, my wife Tiffany was called into school and told off because my boy had upset everyone in the class at Christmas and said, listen, there isn't a Father Christmas. My dad is Father Christmas. <laughs> well, I give my son gifts. But God, in Christ Jesus, gives us his son. And his son gives us life forevermore. And he came full of truth, our reading said. At Christmas, the truth becomes flesh. We live in a world with so much confusion, so many questions. But Jesus makes sense of everything. He is the universal theory of everything. He holds everything everything together and he speaks the truth and he lived the truth and he is the truth and he's the truth for us not one truth among many the way the truth and the life he doesn't need to be fact-checked there's no spin there's no PR there's no double speak there's no fake news with him he's the truth I encourage you if you've never thought about it, examine him Examine his life. Examine what he taught. Examine how others responded to him. He just shines like a star 
in the universe and in the history of humanity. Someone had to say the things that are recorded as him saying, and whoever said it knows everything about me and everything about you. And he came as the light of the world. He comes to dispel darkness. Not a darkness in my life before I met him. There's still shadows, but he's the light of the world. And he comes, and the closer he comes, the more the shadows must retreat. What are the shadows in your life that need to be dispelled and to disappear? As he comes closer and shines his light, they retreat. I made a friend this year where the guy started coming to our church and uh, listening and engaging. And in the end, the Lord, he realized the Lord was real. The Lord was there and he wanted him and he responded to him. He said yes to him. He came to him and he gave his life to him and wanted Jesus in his life. And I saw him the day that that happened. He prayed a prayer. Stephen, in a moment, is gonna lead us in the same prayer if you want to know him. And he was overwhelmed with joy. Tears and joy. And I went over to him and he said, I'm all lit up. I didn't quite know what that meant. I went and had to look it up on Google actually. But I'm all lit up. It means he's fully alive. Fully alive. You know, we've got all these lights and candles and what have you. Jesus, when we welcome into our life, the light of the world lights up our life. And he came for all. He didn't just come for a few. He certainly didn't come for the good. He came for us all. Our reading said he came to his own, but his own did not receive him, but to as many, any and everyone who received him, to those who believed in him. How do you receive him? You believe in him. He gave the right to become children of God. He comes and we become. He came for all. He came for any. He came for whoever. No matter who you are, where you've been, how high born or low, it doesn't matter. He's come for you. He so loved the world. And there are no exceptions. And there are no exclusions. And there's no burly bouncing angel at the door saying, you're not welcome, go away. He opens the door to all who will come and says, come in. You know, we sing that hymn, O come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. It's a great, it's a rouser. But I don't always feel faithful. I haven't always lived faithful. I certainly don't always feel joyful, and I'm certainly not always triumphant. And yet he says, you come too. And he says to those who are unfaithful and miserable and broken, you come too. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what you've thought, you are welcome. He came for you and he invites you to come to him. I need to finish. In Jesus' coming, we become who we're meant to be. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and to all who received him, to those who believed him, he gave the right to become children of God. This is our destiny, to be brought into the family of God. It's why this planet exists. It's why life on this planet exists. 
is why God configured it in that way so that he would create people in his image and come to them and spend forever with them. I love that meme. It's an Instagram meme. I'm not on Instagram, but I read it somewhere. And it said this, you came along and my life became beautiful. That's fantastic, isn't it? Bit slushy, but fantastic. When Jesus comes along, our life becomes beautiful. So often our life is messed up, disordered, tangled, and he puts things right when we say come. I mentioned at the start that the word carol comes from a Latin word meaning a joyful dance played to the flute. I think that's fantastic. I don't know how many of you watched Strictly Come Dancing last night. I'm a big fan. I can't dance, but I'm a big fan of watching it. And the woman who won, just this beautiful woman called Rose, and she really moved me all along because she's completely deaf in both ears. I'm deaf in both ears. So I was really moved. And yet she was the most amazing dancer in touch, somehow able to feel and move and respond. And it was poetry. It was perfect. And she won. And she said, I've become more me than I've ever been. I've become more me than I've ever been. And Jesus comes not to do away with us, but actually to transform us and to make us fully alive, all lit up, and who we're meant to be. Jesus reaches out to us and says, come dancing with me. And how do we do that? We say yes. I believe in you, I trust in you, and I welcome you.